This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. We help you rise above the noise and be your own loud through professionally produced podcasts and a host of social strategies. Visit Proudmouth.com to learn more. Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now, here is your host, Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, Jonathan Cutton. Welcome, listeners of the Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors podcast. It's your host here, John Cutton with a repeat offender, Mr. John Randall. Say hello to the audience, Mr. Randall. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back. Lots of good stuff coming today. I'll tell you, John seems to be really enjoying being part of this podcast. So he is becoming (laughs) a serious repeat offender. And um, in all uh, honesty, John, it's great having you on. And, um, you know, we, we, we love that you're taking the time to do this. Our guests, or I should say our listeners, are really loving your content. So it's you know super, uh, super uh, impactful and, and really very much appreciated. So let me set the stage for what John and I thought would be an interesting um, conversation today. You know, we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about becoming the true CEO of your business, right? In order to create quantum growth. And, you know, time and time again, advisors tell us that that's what they want to be doing, um, but they're so busy being busy that they can't seem to get out of the weeds. And we've all heard that, you know, that old adage, you have to spend more time working on the business, less time working in the business. But when client meetings are constantly in your schedule and you need to make sure that you're prepared for those meetings, um, it becomes hard to even make that time and get out of that rut or that routine. So, John, I know one of the things that you've been extremely successful in as a coach um, and as an advisor back in the day is helping advisors to create process improvement and become better delegators. Um, and I just wanted to kind of frame it out that way. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that and you know, what should advisors be doing? What should advisors not be doing kind of as, as a theme here? So I'll kind of toss that softball over to you. You know, this is such a big deal and one of the hardest things, not just for the CEO financial advisor, but any entrepreneur struggles with this. And you think about how a lot of us came up in the business. I mean, there was probably a time, a lot of you listening, you were the only person in your firm and you did everything. And as you build and you add people around you to, to help, sometimes it's hard to let go. And sometimes we don't realize that we have stuff on our plate that shouldn't be there. So cutting through the clutter and getting to what matters most, the most successful people, that's what they're able to do. And so you really got to look in the mirror constantly and ask yourself, what is it that you should be doing? And some of the most successful advisors I work with, they constantly have a stop doing list that's much more important than their their to-do list. And the things that they should not be doing, they're clear on and they're updating it regularly, maybe once a quarter, maybe once a year, because the things that will hold you back working in the business, the things that just suck up time, that's really the things we need to find others to do. So that's where it comes into delegation, leveraging others on your team, other people, and it could be outsourced, but leveraging other people to do stuff 
so you can focus on what you should be doing. And, and John Cutton says it best. If you're really going to be a CEO, you've got to spend more time working on the business than in the business. The people that I see that are able to do that, they grow the fastest. The ones that are caught in the business with too many meetings, too many tasks, it's like trying to run with shackles on. It's too hard to do. So take the shackles off, really focus on what you should be doing, get clear on your stop doing list, and get rid of those tasks. Get them to others as quickly as possible. Yeah, love it, John. Well said. And, um, you know, I've never really heard it said that way until you said it to me a few months ago is actually thinking about a stop doing list, right? And, you know, you're right. We all have to do lists and the things we need to get done. Um, and I've never really thought about it in those terms until I heard you, you know, really say it that way. So, um, you know, as you think about that, you know, what are, John, some of those things, right? So as you as you kind of think about it, um, what is it that advisors do that they shouldn't be doing? And just as a quick aside, um, I'm guilty of it myself. I mean, I, I try to every probably 30 days, right, create a buffer day, right? And I don't do it as frequently as I, as I probably would like to. Um, but where I actually look at what am I doing with my time and I find myself continually creeping back to do work for people in my organization that might not be actually doing the work to my liking. Does that make sense? So I find myself just naturally going, it's got to get done. They're not doing it right. So the fact that they're not doing it right, I'm going to go take it over for them. And I've kind of had to train myself over the years that I can't take it back. I can't do it for them. I've got to actually develop them so that it actually gets done. So I kind of hit you with a cut and two step, awesome. right? One is awesome. what are those things? And the second is, you know, is there a trick to how to lead that person uh, if you're having trouble with the tasks that you want to get done being done appropriately? Well said. So some of the administrative things that are part of this business that are not talking to top clients, bringing in new clients, working on deals. You know, that's what the top people are doing. So anything that's not that should be on the list. So what's, what is there things running the business, running payroll for, for the team? Um, I hear a lot, uh, you know, paying the bills or writing checks. I hear sometimes falls on the owner's plate. Um, those are administrative things. You can hire somebody to do that for you. Uh, trading, if you're pushing any buttons on that, you got to get the heck out of that. Financial planning, if you're touching the administrative part of the process, you, you've got to get out of that. So it's really, it's anything that's not talking to clients, bringing in new clients, leading people on your team, working deals with advisors. Those are the big ones. Those are the big high level things. And if you think about, the hourly rate associated with those things, you know, that can help lead you to what you should be doing and what you should not. If you can hire somebody to do some of these things at a much lower rate than you typically earn, then those things should be off your plate and going to somebody else. Because if you have things in your plate that are a lower hourly rate, you're literally taking money and lighting on a fire. You'll have a lot more fun. Just take a pile of money and light it on fire in the parking lot if you're choosing to do that. So you got to know what are those things holding you back. So just get clear on it. Anything that's not talking to top clients, 
bringing in clients, leading team members or key team members and working on deals. That really is what it should be. Now, talking with clients, there's probably some small clients that maybe you shouldn't be working with. That's probably the number one thing that I see. Once people shred the administrative things, they hold on to clients that, gosh, this person was with me from the beginning. You know, I've been with them for so long. They're like a family member to me. Um, you got to think about, you know, your business. Again, when you work with people that are too small, you're lighting money on fire. You're holding your business back. You've got to make sure that your revenue is constantly increasing for every second that you invest in time and energy into the business, your return on that investment has got to continually increase. And that happens by moving up, shedding these small things. So anything administrative, clients that are too small is probably the most common one that just don't produce enough revenue. Those are, are big. So now to get rid of these things, you know, with the, the, the second part of this question, look, it's, um, it's like using a plunger on a clogged toilet here. You've got to find a way to push these through and, and get them done. So we often have the time. I, you said it perfectly, John. Sometimes it's like, ah, oh, I'll just do it myself. Or it's only going to take me a couple of minutes. I'll just do it because it's going to take me longer to show somebody else. But if you add up the amount of time, of you doing it yourself and making that choice, it is way more time that you're going to waste for yourself opposed to showing somebody else how to do these things. Uh, I think when it comes to clients, look, the advisors on your team are probably not as good as you. They're probably never going to be as good as you listeners who are probably really experienced, have built a great practice, have you know a lot of tenure in the business. Ah, there's got to be a place where advisors are good enough to talk to your clients. Think about when you started. I know when I started, I don't know how the heck anyone did any business with me, but somehow they did, John. John was my manager. <laughs> he helped me with what to do. And I looked like I was 12 years old, but somehow people did business with me and I wasn't very good. So the people on your team are probably good enough. And a lot of times advisors hold themselves back from letting go of clients that this advisor isn't good enough. I need to keep doing it myself. So it's that plunger. You've got to push it through. You've got to take the time to invest in others and let them take over these things so you can be freer and you can grow your firm much, much faster. Your metaphors are amazing today. Burning money on, on fire, putting money on fire, um, plungers and clock toilets. You got, you got me doing a lot of, uh, a lot of visualization today. You know, um, I'm telling you what I hear over and over, even in my own business is what you just hit, which is advisors who've been around and are experienced and tenured have a really hard time of just giving up control. Yeah. And, um, although a junior advisor is more than capable and ready to take on most advisors, I'm going to say bottom 50 percentile, right, of their book of business, there's such a reluctance. And, you know, John, some of it I've started to believe in talking to even advisors on my own team, it's where that advisor gets his or her own kind of satisfaction and the belief that they're important and that only they can do it, right? And they become, you know, almost almost afraid, right, to give that up because it's what they actually know. And 
I, I mean, I literally, I probably speak to six, six plus advisors a week through coaching engagements, folks on my team, M&A that we're trying to acquire a business and they're all just stuck. It's a million in revenue, maybe a million and a half if you're really good. And it's the same thing. I can't get out of the weeds. I'm working 10 hours a week. I mean, 10 hours a week, 10 hours a day, right? And I'm just working my butt off and I can't seem to get to that next level. Um, you know, it reminds me, right, of the book we talk sometimes about who, not how, right? Sullivan's book. Um, and, you know, sometimes to your point, you know, I think in Sullivan's book, he talks about having who's who are amazing at the job, right? And that are, that's their, you know, that's their, um, you know, their skill set and what they love to do and they're better at it than you are. Um, and I think that's a great way to look at things. But I think sometimes when you get started in trying to delegate and you're not running a multi-million dollar business with dozens and dozens or hundreds of employees, you have to settle for some who's that are not quite you and are not necessarily the expert that you hope you'd have because everything can't be perfect at all times. I'd just be interested in your thought on that a little bit. You know, it's, it's part of this, the, I, I think the root of this struggle that, that advisors have is, is they haven't been to the place that they're going. So for example, I, I have so many people say, oh my gosh, I can't fathom not being in a client meeting for over 10 years, like John Cutton. It's just so foreign to me because it, it's different. They haven't been there yet. So to go to a place where one has not been, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to imagine what it would be like. And so we revert back to what we know. We know that, oh, well, I should just be in a whole bunch of client meetings and it'll suck up my time and I don't have enough time for marketing and I don't have enough time to acquire new people or work on deals, merges and acquisitions with others. I don't have enough time to invest in my team and lead them. It's just, it, it, it's that old, we go back to what we know. So in the psychology of change, I think that's a root of, of the struggle here, why we you know, hold on to things and, and, and go back. But it, it, it's, it's a, uh, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people too, they try and find themselves in their team. They're looking for like the next them. And I would say, you know what, if you find yourself, they're probably already going to own their own business or they're going to go off and start their own business. So right. who's good enough, right? Who's good enough to, to do a good job with clients, to run part of the business, to take something off your plate? And you've got to know it's not going to be as good as, as you. You've got to go into that mindset that there's no way it's going to be as good. It's just got to be good enough to get done. And it, 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 it's, it takes some investment of time. It takes some different thinking to get there. But that's kind of the mindset you really have to have if you're going to do this. And I'm sure it was really hard for you, John Cutton, to, to completely let go. I mean, to not work with any clients, I mean, which is, you know, defined you for so many years. That's a, a big leap. Really true in doing CEO roles, which is different than a lot of people tend to do day to day. It, it, that's a hard place to go to. Now, it's where you should be running towards because that's really how to grow your business fastest like John Cutton has. But it's because it's different. I, I think that's what holds people back most. Yeah, I, you know, I've talked about this, John, on on past podcasts, but, um, you know, I'll give the quick story again, you know, 60 seconds or less, you know, where it clicked for me, there, there were two, two things that clicked for me, right? One was reading the book, The Ensemble Practice by uh, mm. Philip Holabeev. 
Simply put, he says a financial advisor role is worth $100,000 to $150,000 a year. So if you're an advisor listening in and you're making $300,000, $500,000, a million or more dollars a year, um, you know, what, what he's saying is not that you're not worth it, but you're worth it because you're able to build it. But the actual function of serving the client, if you don't have to be the business development person and the prospector and the person who's you know running the day-to-day operation to the business, it's only worth $100,000 to $150,000 a year. And if you think about it in those terms, right, you start to look at it and go, is my client who has 573000 or 892000 or $1.2 million actually needing my 20 or 30 or 15 years of experience, right? And then the second piece that really did it for me took me all the way back to 2002 when I bought a business um, in New Jersey, which was a good three and a half to four hours away from where I lived. My wife was pregnant with my third of what, what are now four boys. And I knew it wasn't the right time for me to be away from home so much but wanted to actually make sure that I acquired this business. And I took a young man who now manages a billion dollars or, or more in my current business and taught him everything he needed to know in about three or four weeks to serve clients. And he took on a 40 or $50 million business, which was a pretty good size one back then. And miraculously, all the clients stayed and they did more business with him and they gave him referrals. And my favorite part, it's still my favorite part, is when I get an email at night when I'm home with my family and you know someone on my team is telling me they just got a referral or they want a rollover or something good actually happened. And that's what really helped it click for me. So, you know, John, what what I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, right? So, you know, I always like to try to make these podcasts specifically with you uh, when we do it together. You know, how how do you help, right? How could you help an advisor who's struggling, right, with letting go, with giving up control? And it could be whether it's of, you know, the the meeting preps like you talked about, or the financial planning, or the trading you know, et cetera, or around, you know, bringing an advisor into a meeting and having, you know, the goal be for them to ultimately serve a larger portion of the client base. How do you help people through that behavioral change? So I, I try and find the root cause of what it is. So in, in the uh, coaching world, we have this alignment triangle where one's beliefs. So what's going on in our head, you could also call it mindset. That's what influences your behaviors and behaviors influence the results. So a lot of times, and when I started doing consulting, I was only working on the behaviors and, hey, you should do something different and to get a different result. But they kept doing the same thing and I couldn't figure out why until I dug into, well, what's going on in between their ears? What's the root cause here? What's really holding them back? And when you can really investigate, like, why are you choosing to hold yourself back? Why are you choosing to hold your business back and make this decision? Sometimes people just need to see it in a, in a, in a different way and understand that their current belief is leading to a certain behavior, which is leading to the result they have. And if they want to get different results, they're going to have to think differently. 
And so you can look at what if there was an alternate thinking, what kind of behavior would that lead to? And what kind of result would that lead to? And you can start to see, hmm, maybe I should start to think differently. Now, it's not a light switch shift. Sometimes it is for some people that get it. They say, oh my gosh, I've been a dumbass. I should do it differently. And, And they go. But for most people, it's a process to change what's going on in between our ears. That's the hardest thing. So to really shift a belief from, I need to be the one that delivers every piece of advice in every client meeting to, you know what? I probably only need to be in one of four of those meetings throughout the year because other people can do the other ones. That's a different thinking. And so to shift that thinking, to unlock the potential to change the behaviors and to get much, much, much bigger results, grow a business by you know, doubling in the next two or three years, growing it by 10x within 10 years. I mean, that's really the root of it there. So uh, it's like the concepts in the, the Who Not How book. Um, and I love, uh, we talked, John, kind of about two weeks after it came out. You said, oh my gosh, uh, I got this book. It's great. It's, oh my gosh. Now I cheated. I listened to the audio book, which is great. Dan Sullivan talks on it some. Uh, it, Dan Sullivan even leveraged somebody else to write the book for him. <laughs> yep, yep, that's the whole concept. There. Yes, yes. But the whole, I mean, it's really, instead of asking like, how can I do something? Like, how can I possibly work with all these new clients from this acquisition? You've got to ask yourself, who can do this work? And, and that's a completely different thinking. You know, we, we, we gravitate towards, well, how are we going to do this? How is our existing team going to handle it? It might be, hey, there might be somebody else to outsource to. There may be other people that need to come on. The roles might need to change for individuals on the team. So it's more about the who and not the how. And, and to me, that's a big part of the mindset shift that entrepreneurs and specifically, you know, fast-growing independent advisors that want to be entrepreneurial, be a true CEO like John Cutton. That's what it takes. You've got to think differently. You've got to be thinking of the who's. And there's some tremendous benefit if you can make that shift between your ears. This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the influence accelerators. Proudmouth. Tired of chasing potential clients? We help you spend less time selling and more time advising by amplifying your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. Visit ProudMouth.com to learn more. Be your own loud. You know, I'm going to dig even a little deeper on it, right? And you know our mutual friend, Ray Kelly, and I've had Ray uh, on the podcast a few times. Yes, I agree. Um, You know, Ray has this saying, right? And he talks about um, simple, complex, simple, right? And he talks about, you've heard him talk about it, right? And I think it came from, you know, our good friend, Doug Lenick, I'm sure, or someone else, right? Mm -hmm. Like most great ideas, but really it starts with the simple idea right of what you want to do so it's simple i'd like to become the ceo work on the business not in the business and have my junior advisor work with all of my clients or most of my clients or i'd like to never touch paper again and have all of my meeting preps done and everything prepared so i've got a nice neat little pile on the top left corner of my desk every, when i come in every monday and i just need to meet with clients and right and run the play so to speak that's simple right in in the middle of simple complex simple is the word complex right and complex if you think about it 
like a kind of a mountain, right? And John and I are on video, by the way, and I'm drawing the mountain, mm -hmm. right? And you think about the word at the bottom of the mountain on the left side, and then you think about a big peak that's slowly growing, and you write the word complex in the middle, and then on the bottom right side of the mountain, you write the word simple again. And you actually think about that. Here's where I really think, John, and what you just described, um, where, where advisors and business people in general get stuck is we all think about it. We want these things. And then we give it a try and we get, you know, like Mike Tyson says, right? Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. We get punched in the face with the advisor not doing well in the meeting or the prep not being perfect or not having enough time to manage it all or whatever it may be. And what we do is we give up. Right. So we yes. started to change to yes. your point, our mind or our thoughts. Right. But, you know, behavioral change, as you know, as well as anyone is all or, is all about changing habits and changing actions and the consistent, persistent right pursuit of changing those things. And you have to get through that complexity to yes. get to the far side. Right. And the far side, when you're on the other side, like you and I are, John, we're looking at it and we're going, this is so simple. Why yes. would this advisor who's making a half million dollars or a million dollars a year not transition some of his or her clients to this really competent junior person who with a little tweaking and coaching can do it? And now this advisor has such a brighter future, meaning the, the, the senior advisor and can go work on much more productive things that have a bigger impact Yes. on their on clients and on the people who work in their organization and on their net worth etc but they can't see it right and i'll do a little shameless selling um you know of you john and you know we don't talk about this much but you know i know you've you're you know an expert right and have gone through lots of schooling and training on behavioral change and this is what I what I am a big believer in. I have two coaches for myself for my business, right? Um, and I encourage everyone in my organization to have coaching. In fact, John coaches many of the advisors in my organization. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't know how to go through behavioral change and you don't and you haven't been able to do it, if you don't have someone there to help you through the complexity, help you stick to it and have that grit some people will be able to do it just because they're amazing right but my belief is 95 percent of the population will not do it without someone who is expert at helping them change their behaviors and change their habits so my really long-winded way brag for us a little bit john tell us a little bit about some of the studying that you've done um and, you know, I'll do some shameless selling for you, right? And, and, and any coach out there who's really good, not just John, I think he's one of the best. But if you really want to change, listening to this podcast, you'll get a great idea. We might change your mindset a little bit, but that doesn't mean you're going to change your behavior, right? Just like I'm having a hard time changing my behavior to lose 20 pounds. I know what to do. On Monday morning, my mindset says you know, eat well, exercise, drink water. And then when I'm out to lunch and the cheeseburger comes by and there's French fries, I go, oh boy, those French fries look good. <laughs> Just like advisors might say, oh boy, that client's too important for me not to see 
I can't pass it to Johnny or Mary on my team. Yes. So just, I know that was just a cut and dump of data, but John, maybe you could talk a little bit to, to some of that. Yeah. You know, the second we hit that complexity of the simple complex, uh, a simple on the other side, that's exactly where people revert back. You're so right. It's, oh, I got a taste of it. I'm going to go back to my old ways. So it's hard for us to change as humans. The way that the human brain is designed, we crave comfort. Uh, we like things to be, you know, this is the way we do things around here. You know, something different does not compute. So we're always going to gravitate towards our own ways. But we almost need like a guide or a Sherpa to get us through to the other side of, of where it's better. So yeah, I work with three coaches myself. I work with a, actually someone who works with professional athletes, their performance coach. Uh, I work with Doug Lennick, a thing to perform. He's pretty much like Yoda. Uh, you know, anyone knows anything about Star Wars? He, he and, is Yoda. <laughs> yeah. And I have a, a business mentor too. That's more of an entrepreneurial coach. So, so yeah, I need these people to help me grow and to change and to go somewhere different that I've never been before. Because, you know, I've been at times I hit that complexity and well, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to go back to what feels right. And that's the wrong thing. So someone that can lead you through that is key. So when I got started in this, uh, coaching and consulting. As I said, I started to do consulting and I showed people the best practices and no one was getting any results. I couldn't figure out why, because I knew this stuff worked. It worked for me. I copied it all from people who you know, were doing really well with it. And uh, it was those beliefs. It was the stuff inside someone's head that was really holding them back. So once I started to learn about coaching and got all kinds of coaching you know, certifications and designations, then I really started to see, okay, how do we help someone shift their thinking? When someone shifts their mindset, then suddenly the people I was working with exploded with results and they were doubling their business every couple of years. They were just on fire. And, um, and it was that that really got me excited about, I need to go down this rabbit hole further and learn more stuff and got, you know, I got, I kind of ran out of stuff to do and I uh, ran out of certifications and all that kind of stuff. So I went back to school and got my master's degree in uh, uh, coaching and psychology. And I'm finishing up my doctorate in uh, performance psychology, which is what I'd found is like the root of leadership Um uh, you know, of course, performance is part of it, but you know, this kind of stuff, behavioral change, like this is like the, the root of it all. So uh, it, it's been fun to apply that learning with advisors, but look, I mean, all of us need someone to help us go somewhere where we've never been. Look at the best professional athletes you can ever think of. They have so many people around them, so many different types of coaches they work with, some more than 10 on very specific things. You look at the best musicians, the best actresses and actors, they all have people that are constantly helping them get better and lead them through the complexity to get to that other side where it's really great. So think of it like climbing Mount Everest. It's pretty hard to do, but a Sherpa helps you get up there and you need someone to do it. You need a great coach consultant. doesn't have to be me. There's so many great ones that specialize in our industry. There's tons of them. And having someone to help you you'll grow so much faster investing in that kind of help. Love it. And I, and I hate to make you brag a little, but I needed to make you brag. I mean, for our listeners, you know, John has spent a lot of his last decade um, just being a student of what makes people do what they do and how to ultimately help them change 
right, their behavior so they can actually make what is simple, that goal real, right, at the end of the rainbow and how to help them actually get through all that complexity. I love, uh, you know, the, the Sherpa uh, you know, statement, it makes, makes a lot of sense. You do, you need that guide, right. To get you ultimately where you want to go. And, you know, what's interesting is I've been fortunate enough, right. To get to know a lot of successful business owners, most of them in the financial services industry. But when you get to go to some of these barons, you know, conferences or, um, you know, hit a certain level of productivity, you get to meet really, really successful people. And A, they almost all have coaches. Um, and B, what they've become good at is actually helping not just themselves, it's usually themselves first, but their team actually change their behavior and really stack habits. And you hear it over and over and over again. And again, it's that simplicity on the far side of complexity. Like it's just really simple. You could solve any problem or accomplish anything if you just break it down into the leading indicators that you actually need to do. And the problem is, is no one wants to do the darn leading indicators, right? You know, in, in many cases, the people who have the ability to have willpower, right? And to actually persevere on their own are generally the ones who get to the other side or they've actually hired someone and outsourced right that accountability and perseverance and said please hold me accountable and remind me on a daily weekly monthly basis why it is i'm doing these things so i don't get disconnected from the simplicity right the simple idea that i actually had so i'm thinking right now john i love these conversations as i know you do our listeners are either going, what are these two wackadoos, right, <laughs> um, talking about? Or hopefully they're self-aware enough, which is my hope, that they're looking at it or listening in and going, you know, I've been at it for 20 years. It's, there's one or two things, right, John, as I see it. One is they actually have the ability to do it on their own and they become unbelievably successful, but don't have the skill set to transfer what they what they can do, meaning they're a great player, right? Yeah, but the yeah. best player don't, doesn't always make the best coach, right? That's one piece. Or they're sitting here going, you know, this is me. I'm 20 years in. I built a great business, but I can't get out of the weeds and I can't change. And I'm on this, you know, this um, uh, Ferris wheel, right? And just kind of a dog chasing its tail every week I'm going, I'm going to do this. And every year I've got the same business plan, but nothing actually changes. In both of those scenarios, what that tells me is to get to the next level, something needs to change. And, you know, to me, it probably spells out needing a coach who specializes in behavioral change. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You, you think about, you know, if there's any sports fans out there, it's oftentimes the best coaches were not the best players. And it's oftentimes the best players did not make the, the best coaches. So it is well said that, that for everyone listening, you need to transfer your skills to others and, and you have to help them develop and do what you do. And it's a hard skill. I, I mean, no one showed us how to do this stuff. So uh, it, it's, it's getting out of our own way. It's thinking differently. It's doing things differently and really empowering others on the team. But it's great to hear what you said. I see it too, that all the top producers, they're, they're investing in their team. 
they're, you know, it's all about the team, right? It's all about other people doing stuff at their firm. That's what's helped them really grow. They didn't do it all themselves. There's other people lifting this thing up the mountain and it works. It really works. So John, you know, here's, as you're speaking, here's something that kind of popped in, in my mind, right? I say this with, with humility, by the way, right? I was a top 10 producer in my broker dealer for the last 15 years, right? Because I was really good at managing myself. I was really good at sticking to systems on my own, right? Finally, it clicked for me probably five years ago, right? Maybe, maybe six years ago that I needed to actually teach other people how to change, how to go through behavioral change and how to take the vision that they had, or I helped them even form for their practice within my, you know, within my bigger business um, and actually coach them to do it, right? And as I think about, and again, I say this with all humility, I've now become the top producer in my current broker dealer, right? And the only difference is I'm, I'm in leadership mode, helping mm -hmm. many people change and most advisors, not all, but most are still in leading themselves mode, yes. right? And being able to direct people to do what they need them to do so that that advisor can continue to grow his or her business. And if you just, if you can kind of think about that as an advisor, it all starts somewhere, right? But once you can lead and influence others, leadership is the key to multiplying your business by 10X, 50X, 100x because as you develop more and more leaders in your organization and people can first themselves master change and then teach others you get this multiplicity um so anyway I, as, as i'm just thinking about that i'm going man it's so clear yeah. right that yeah. that's what it's that's what it's all about well it's it's you're on the other side of the yeah, simplicity complexity simplicity right you're, you're on the you see that it's simple now and uh look for for most people i work with it's getting them out of their own way right we all need to get out of our own ways to get better and to take things to another level and it really starts with the human capital in your business is the most important thing and it's leveraging them it's investing time and energy into them or outsourcing coaching and development with them is is another method too but it's getting them to do more instead of you doing it all. It's a huge shift in thinking. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it just goes down. So I've copied that from somebody else that we need to get out of our own way. And it's so true. Agree. So John, I think we're, we're just about out of time here. Um, hey, one of my guiding principles in putting this podcast together, right? When I go back to my why, as to why I wanted to put this podcast together, it's genuinely to help the advisors that are listening figure out some of the things that I've been able to figure out by bringing on great, smart guests like you, uh, and hopefully myself adding some value uh, and some some tidbits. The one thing that I wanted to make sure I didn't do right is use it to quote unquote sell anything, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to violate my rule. <laughs> maybe for the first time on the podcast. And I'm going to violate the rule in favor of you, John, right? And say, if you're an advisor who's listening to this podcast, right? And we've got, you know, 350 to 500 advisors that are religiously listening. That's about our followership. And by the way, 
please share this because we'd like to have a bigger followership out there. Um, but that are listening to every episode, every, you know, every couple of weeks that we release, then clearly you want to get better. Clearly you have a vision to build a bigger business and quantum growth and leadership and CPAs and acquisitions and all the things that we constantly talk about are things that you're trying to do. Hire John, do me a favor, hire John Randall, right? Um, and give him a try and take a free coaching session with him. Um, and that's a little shameless selling on John's part, but he's helped me in my business. He's helping my advisors. He's helping people uh, that that I know he coaches. He's also consistently one of the top performing coaches in the industry. And you know, if you're if you're this interested to invest, you know, an hour or forty five minutes every couple of weeks to listen to a podcast, you're clearly motivated. And if you're having a hard time figuring out on your own. You're not alone because 95% of advisors will do nothing with what they learn in the podcast, right? But my belief is with the right coach, 100% of advisors or, or you know, 80% maybe of advisors would do something and change and make a meaningful difference if they actually engage a coach. So I highly recommend John. Obviously, there's lots of coaches out there. So you pick who you think is right for you. But I think the moral of the story is get some coaching, have someone hold you accountable, like a personal trainer, like a Sherpa. Um, and, uh, and anyway, I violated my rule. I apologize to the audience, but I'm a little fired up today and thought, uh, thought it was appropriate. So John, any final thoughts that you wanted to share with the audience? And then I'll, I'll take us home. Well, first, thanks, buddy. Much appreciated. I mean, helping advisors grow to the next level, getting out of their own way. I'm passionate about that. I love it. I got out of practice because I realized this was my calling. This is my mission. So any listeners of these awesome cutting podcasts, I will always make time to help somebody just even just talk to them. Like you said, free coaching session, free consultation. We're, we're there. We've got some great coaches on our team. We're constantly adding and uh, Hey, we're, we're just here to help people, but this is a big topic. I'd say this is one of the, you know, we've talked, we talk about a lot of big things, but this is like, you know, to, to really reflect on yourself, to go back to the beginning, what should you be doing? What should you not be doing? You've really got to get clear on this. So make crystal clear what you should be focusing on and find ways to cut through the clutter. Get rid of all the stuff you should be not doing. Build your stop doing list, build a delegation list and work with your team or the next who's that will be on your team, how to go to the next level. Love it, John. Well said. Um, thanks again for being a guest today. I've, I had a lot of fun, got a little fiery today, but uh, it was certainly fun. Hopefully um, everyone can feel both mine and John's passion, right? It's, uh, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, right? But when it becomes clear, and I think it's clear to, to John and I that, you know, there's such a big opportunity to help more people build more wealth, um, you know, and, and help those in your organization as well. Um, it's just about being able to stack habits, get clear, have some systems and processes, uh, and you'll be amazed at what you can actually accomplish. So with that, as always, uh, we will post uh, how you can get in touch with John uh, on our show notes. Uh, at this point, John, one more time, your email address. Yeah, it's John at dynamicdirections-g2.com. Just click on it. We always have it listed down there. So give me a click. It'll go straight to me. And I'll personally answer anyone's email from this Cutting Podcast awesome listening crew. 
awesome listening crew. I like that. Yes. And that, and that John only smart people are listening to this. That's like right. That. Got <laughs> and uh, if I'm not mistaken, the way to spell John is the cool way, which is J. That's exactly right. Yes. There, no there wasted is, letters. There is no, no silent letter. That's right. Efficient, efficient, efficient. <laughs> so with that, hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, and if you yourself or anyone you know could be a good, interesting guest, uh, please don't keep it a secret. Reach out to us through our website uh, or through email. And thanks again for listening. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. If you are interested in learning more about how Cut & Consulting Group can help you with comprehensive coaching or partnering with CPA firms in your area, feel free to visit our website at www.cutandconsultinggroup.com or reach out to us at 855-722-9393 to have a conversation.